we have a black data product consultant um, at the start of her journey um, within data and then we've got our head of data product Chris um, who is at a very different position in his journey and it'll be really really good to speak with you both and just um, get a conversation going about black history month and being black in data take one My name's Leah and I'm joined by Senna and Chris from Kubrick. We all work together. Um, Senna is part of our data product stream, which we'll go into in a bit more detail. And Chris is our head of data product stream. Okay, hi everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Chris. I'm the head of data product uh, here at uh, Kubrick. Uh, prior to joining uh, Kubrick, I have extensive uh, experience around the data uh, space uh, with large corporate uh, organizations and uh, consultancy companies as well. So I'll be sharing some of the information uh, around data with you during this uh, uh, conversation. Nice, thank you. Hi, Senna. Hi, I'm Senna. I was on the data product consultant stream and I recently started with my new client. It's in the retail DIY sector. And so I guess I'm here to offer the perspective of someone who's new in the industry and just starting out. And thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I think that that's going to be quite a good like conversation piece today anyway, just having two people from different ends of the spectrum within data, two black okay. people actually, and just talking about how data's evolved within um, for black people um, over time. So yeah, I think it's probably best to start with you, Senna, at the kind of very start of your data journey. Um, how's that been for you? Like, what's your background? How did you get into to data, basically? Yeah, so um, I got into data while I was studying anthropology at UCL. Um, I did a module on digital anthropology and also on medical anthropology. And yes. it had this heavy focus on sort of addressing structural inequalities in healthcare. And of course, that is oh. it is all about data yeah, yeah. and data sheds light on those underserved conditions. And also yeah. it sort of promotes people to look deeper into those stories mm. and look at why maybe people from certain socioeconomic backgrounds are predisposed to certain medical conditions. And also people with certain ethnicities like uterine fibroids, for instance, is um, disproportionately affected, affects black women. Mm. And I think that led me to want to work with data and maybe mm. in the medical industry. So I... That's got, amazing. Yeah. Sorry, I just have to interrupt. That's, <laughs> I didn't even know this. Can you guys edit this up, bit out? The fact that you even know that and the fact that you studied that is just like amazing. This is a big, big problem that people yeah. are only starting to talk about in the news now is just like how, you know, black women as well, especially in the healthcare um, spaces are just completely kind of sidelined. Exactly. Um, and for so many reasons, you know, like I'm, I'm interested in just like the psychology behind it. Like, yeah. for example, they say apparently doctors are kind of less likely to empathize with a black person true. sitting yeah. behind next to them. So stats like that, yeah, I think to be able to study that at such a young age probably yeah, definitely did encourage you to get into the space. Yeah. And it was close to home as well because my mum suffers from fibroids. Okay, yeah. And she it's was, very common, yeah, honestly, yeah. with black women. Yeah. And she was feeling like, the doctors weren't listening to her mm. and they were ignoring her pain, her discomfort, yeah. because often there is a tendency to play down the experiences of black women in the healthcare. Yeah. And so I started or I sought out an internship with this company that were creating digital interventions for chronic conditions, mainly in the gut area. Okay. 
And there again, there was a heavy focus on data, both qualitative and quantitative. Mm -hmm. And I found it so interesting, but I felt like I didn't have the skills mm. to be able to interrogate the data in, like, in the way that I wanted to. Okay, so let's talk about education then. How, how yeah. did you think education either benefited or kind of maybe hindered your, your experience trying to, trying to infiltrate the industry? Um, I think I was fortunate in the fact that I went to a Russell Group University and that always carries some sort of leverage. But at the same time, lots of people at university are able to do internships alongside their degrees mm. because they come from a certain socioeconomic background. For me, while I did an internship, it was something that weighed heavily on me mm. because I didn't necessarily have the background where I was able to afford doing an internship okay. because often you're not paid or you're not paid very much you do need to weigh up whether or not you're able to go down that route which is something that I had to do. God. And what what do you think is a struggle for so just kind of moving away from you specifically what what is a struggle for a young black woman or you know just a young black person in general your age at that very point trying to make these applications trying to secure kind of your job beyond university what was the main challenge would you say? Apart from, was it, would, you, would you say it's networking? Because I know you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think networking and maybe not on the outset having that access mm. to certain resources or people who can guide you mm. or show you how to get into a certain industry, yeah. how to build those skills. And um, those things may not be readily available to you as yeah. a young black woman. And you need to do more exploration and exactly. find your yeah. way in. And it's a lot harder yeah. to do. Yeah, and that. the reason I ask, thank you, the reason I ask as well is because I think this whole networking piece is just, it's just such an important term and it's such an important thing to be just on top of. And I think being a black woman for me personally, just growing up from the age of like 16, basically, it's just been such a big, big thing in my in my life is just always networking in any industry I wanted to get into, any space. And I think being, being black, it's just so, so much more important because we don't have, generally speaking, that bigger network um in the diaspora so in the uk for me 100%. um but kind of moving away from that what, what, and talking about black history month in general what do you think um, what do you think about black history month um i think it's great that you've asked this question because black history month resonates in so many different ways with different black people not all black people feel the same way about black history month and not mm. all of them even agree with the concept of black history month yeah um i think it sort of started as an american tradition um, to celebrate the achievements and those who are spearheading change for civil rights and abolishing slavery. But I think it's evolved now, especially in the UK context, to be about not only the history, but the present for black mm, people. Yeah, so yeah. what celebrating the achievements of people in industries varied who were spearheading change mm. or involved in really exciting projects yeah. and also looking to the future so exposing people to ways that they can get involved in different industries which is so amazing mm. and so for me it is about a period of exploration and that's mm. how I found out through Black History Month about Black Tech Fest mm. and all the amazing things that they were doing yeah. the industry experts from Google, Microsoft, mm. TikTok who are all leading workshops or giving talks for me anyways it's a period of self-reflection where I think about my position as a black woman mm. and often that is related to my work and being a minority yeah. in the tech space yeah no I love that and I love how you kind of 
because I was wondering how you would, would kind of expand on that and just talking about the difference between having a Black History Month that focuses on history and maybe some sad stuff as opposed to having a Black History Month that can just make the most of the attention that black people are getting, for example, yeah. in data and just actually make it a positive thing exactly. and have, you know, black leaders talking and make black, you know, connections happen for black people basically within data. Why is it so important to have black people in senior leadership positions um, in, in data for you? I mean, obviously we have Chris right next to you who is the head of yeah. data products at K, uh, Kubrick and, you know, he he is your was your trainer um but just generally speaking how how did that impact you actually with having chris as a trainer and what's the importance of having black people in lead senior leadership positions in the industry in general it had a huge impact on me actually it was really refreshing to see chris as um the trainer on the data product consultant stream and while me and chris never really had a conversation about his experience of being black in the tech space Mm. For me, it was great to have him as a role model, someone who I could look up to, and it helped me to see a space for myself in this industry Mm. and actually think I can carve out a long-lasting career for myself because if you don't have those black individuals in senior leadership, Mm. it's hard for you to see a path where you can reach there. Absolutely. So I think... Couldn't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) It feels good to hear. (laughs) And Chris, I just wanted to come to you as well. Just I think that's a nice little segue. Um, How did you get into data? What's what's that journey been like for you personally? Okay, uh, as an individual, I've always been uh, interested uh, in data. I had a very good uh, knowledge of mathematics and um, as well, uh, literature. Literature is a very big part of data that often means because qualitative data out there. So I had very good interest in that. My first degree, I started off with uh, statistics, which is very, very data driven. But uh, in my first degree, I didn't really appreciate, the, in the first year, I didn't really appreciate the need and how you can actually use this data. Mm. Then I decided to combine economics uh, to my first, to my degree. Uh, in my second year. Mm. So I was doing statistics and economics uh, at the same time. So that really paid off because I was able to see statistics from a data perspective and how this is used in making uh, economic uh, decision as well. So like we want to do things like time series analysis, mm. we want to do like uh, inferential statistics, you can actually see what the output would be yeah. and how it will work together. Mm-hmm. So that was one big area yeah. in terms of how my data journey uh, started. Then once I was uh, out of uh, Judy, I tried to work with organizations or where uh, data is actually driven. One of the big projects I worked on straight out of university was actually something very interesting. It was on crude oil fiscalization, which was data. So the crude oil in tank, oh. we have to actually use data to understand the proportion of water, yeah, yeah. oil, condensate. So that was very, very massive oh, nice. project for me. So once I was done with those bit, I said I moved into core data practice and I'd also uh, had a role with JP Morgan mm. and with that role I did a lot of data work over about uh, six in the course of six years or supporting several teams for financial crime or uh, prevention mm. or funds accounting or with very very data driven nice. roles then post that I work with Backlist as well. Backlist was data driven from data from several systems. How they use that and making informed yeah. decision. And then the Kubrick at uh, the opportunity at Kubrick yeah. presented itself, which was a very fantastic one. And I took up that role to head uh, to head the, the data product stream. So with that, with my role as the head of data product at Kubrick, I create uh, the training for the consultants. I support them all through the training journey. I also uh, support clients by working on clients' uh, projects. 
product as well nice. to uh, facilitate uh, data-driven decision. So Amazing. that's been my uh, data journey, and I, I still that. see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I feel like data journey is unending. No, yeah. it, it re- honestly, I feel like this is this is one of the there's kind of only sectors right now that's just changing so quickly, like just developing so fast. So yeah. it, this really is. It will actually just be the beginning for everyone all the time. Like it's not you know two ends of the spectrum here looking at yeah. Senna and Chris. But do you know what? As you're talking about that kind of crude, was it crude oil that project that first crude oil project who we mentioned um, yeah, the crude oil. so yeah obviously very very like amazing thing to be part of as a young um black man in data who's just joined the industry yeah. how did you what was it like telling your family like your parents this is what i want to get into did, was there any conversation around that because um yeah i think i'd just be interested to know how that was for you actually so uh so my uh Parents, especially my uh, mom. My mom is very, very uh, traditional. So when I yeah. thought my mom was going to study statistics, what she thought about was mathematics, and yeah. then she related it. I agree to be a math teacher. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. that was the way she saw it. I said, so I said that was just a very, very tiny bit of what uh, I'll be doing. But then my mom always would have had the passion yeah. for developing others. So she thought that, that was the end goal. But I yeah. just explained to her that I love uh, data. The one big thing was when I was going for the crude oil fiscalization project as mm. well, it was the remote area. So it, uh, remote turbulent area, so it was in the Focados. Focados is a crude oil export terminal owned mm. by uh, Shell mm. in uh, West Africa. So I had to use like uh, helicopters going into there. So my at that point, my mom started seeing data yeah. differently. Yeah. started seeing that data is actually not just about... Uh, the chalk on white, the blackboard mm, on chalk mm, mm. training that yeah. is actually data driven, yeah. uh, driving all the decisions. Real life like, influence, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she was really yeah. proud of it. I, I think that was a, for me, that was a kick for yeah. her. That was a big transformation. And then I was really young. I think I was about uh, 21 years old. Yeah, and yeah. it's just such yeah. an important <laughs> conversation that lots of young black people are, are having with their parents, whatever industry there is, they're in, sorry, regardless, um, regardless of it being data or not. Um, it's just, yeah, like you, you do hear lots of people having a type of conversation with their parents. And then if it's not, I think, law or engineering or some kind of doctor, a doctor exactly, yeah, yeah. Then, then it definitely will be a very yeah. interesting conversation. So I, I did English literature at university yeah. and I, I heard from a lot of, I'm originally from Eritrea and I, you know, I'd like tell uncles and aunties or people, you know, I'm studying English at uni. Oh, so you're gonna be an English teacher? Like, <laughs> absolutely not. I just want a first class in English so I can just go and do do whatever else I wanna do in life. Um, so yeah, that, that that's, that's good yeah. to know. <laughs> In my own case, why it was a bit, why it clicked for my mom was my dad worked in the oil and gas industry yeah. as well. So her seeing me studying statistics and economics yeah. and then relating that back yeah, yeah. into my dad's industry. My dad was an engineer. Yeah. So seeing me relating that part of studying statistics yeah. and then completing a project in an oil and gas industry, she started seeing data yeah, exactly. in a very, very different way. Yeah, reason. I can imagine. For me, that was a big deal. No, that's amazing, Chris. Um, and what, what do you think about actually just moving slightly away from, from your journey, but also just, because we, we were talking before about um, data teams and like almost the look of a data team, the people that, you know, the people who are creating the very apps that we use every day and just how important it is to have diverse data teams. Um, so what, what does that even mean for you? Like, why is it important to have a diverse data team of you know people who are creating some of the apps that we'll be using? Yeah, from my uh, perspective, having a diverse team means building a diverse application. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having a diverse team means building a robust application. It gives you the opportunity to consider various perspectives. So I'm aware of a recent um, incident of a public sector application that was mm-hmm. developed. The application didn't consider 
diversity to a very large extent. Mm. And uh, when it was released uh, for use, it had a significant impact, negative impact on regions where the population were very diverse. They couldn't read the instruction on the application because it was captured only in English language. So if you have a diverse team, they can actually have a broader perspective to developing things. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think just going back to um, what you talked about with that that public sector, sector app, I think that's, I just want to go back to that because I think that's huge. Like yeah. it's, it's definitely a big problem if we're creating um, apps for people to use and a big chunk of people can't use it because they can't understand it because they are, you know, from a different ethnicity and maybe don't speak English or don't um, understand, you know, the, the way that that app was made. So I think problems like that I'm always hearing about and it just reminded me of um, uh, someone I had on the podcast last year um, really, really senior woman in, in a very, very kind of lots of leadership positions across different boards. And she uh, was involved, well, she, actually she wasn't involved in this, but we were talking about the um, hand sanitizer apps being created uh, across the UK. Like I think the first round of hand sanitizer apps that were um, rolled out. And for some reason they weren't working for some people. Um, so it would work sometimes and it wouldn't work sometimes. And then, then what they found out after was it was actually not working for black people. So black hands, it wasn't recognizing, yeah. uh, but for white hands it was. So obviously a huge, huge problem, again, similar to the public sector app where you've got a big chunk of people who can't even understand the thing that was meant for them. Um, and then it just all comes down to the fact that who was creating that app? Was it a bunch of, of white men or were there some women, some black people, you know, that I say some black people. So that that's the big question that I think we're starting to ask now, um, which, yeah, is just all, all kind of centers around data and, and people within data. Yeah, for me, I, with that perspective, I feel like it's uh, industry knowledge and as well, we as black, we have to play a role in that. And that role is we have to educate people. Mm. Why you have to educate people is, for instance, people think Africa is a country. <laughs> people think Africa is a country. So Still? I, yeah. No, I, I refuse to believe. You're yeah, like, what are you traveling? People say to me things like, are you traveling to Africa? Yeah. It's just like me saying, are you traveling to yeah, Europe? Yeah. That's why it's broad. No, there's so much that we just need to kind of unpack with. with and I don't. I feel that that's a big part on we as black as well, mm. to take ownership of that, to educate people oh, on that as well. And especially when you get to the leadership position mm. as a black person as well. You have to encourage, you have to be able to pitch to say, oh, how do we build a diverse team? How do mm. we get people from different backgrounds mm. to join our team to ensure that our product is considering different perspective? Another illustration is you build, you built an app, right? Mm. You want to do a test. And let's imagine you're from a particular race. Mm. You're running your test based on the race that aligns closer to you, yeah. you will not get a complete perspective. You will That's not true. get a complete output. That's why you look at companies like, for instance, typical illustration is Instagram. If I make an Instagram post now mm. and I leave my comment in my traditional language, which is Igbo, mm. right? If I send out that message, you can click on translate instantly and Instagram will translate. That's mm. diversity yeah. at work. That's we bring in things on board. I know it's going to take some time Time, but I believe organizations are beginning to get aware as yeah, well. Yeah. Something else I really appreciate about diversity, about this, I think this is very personal. I believe everybody has something to offer. I believe everybody has something to offer in a different way. You have to make that balance mm. to support everybody in the team. Mm. You have to make that balance to support every user of your application. Mm. You have to make that balance to build a robust team. I think it's a journey. It's unending. Yeah. yeah, it's unending, yeah. but it's just something that will take time. But no, I agree. We'll get there. Can I ask, actually, for both of you, what, what you think um, needs to happen 
to get more black people actually starting out in the industry. So obviously we have you, Senna, you know, your journey is really just quite quite nice to hear because it's, you know, wasn't traditionally STEM. Yeah. Um, and then just what, how, what you studied at university, how you applied, you know, your interest to data, um, you know, in data to that and then developed from there. And then obviously you, Chris, you're really, really successful and you're at such a great, you know, stage of your, your, in your d journey within data. How do we, what changes need to be made for black people to actually get into spaces that require so much training, so much sometimes money involved behind, you know, using software and training with software. And then sometimes just a lot of, experiences needed that as a young black person who maybe be from maybe you're from a different socioeconomic background to others um yeah it'll just be harder kind of infiltrating so what what needs to happen yeah well like you mentioned earlier there are certain routes and career paths that as a young black person you're sort of steered towards like mm. you need to be a doctor you need yeah. to be a lawyer and so i think lots of people don't necessarily think about entering data or the tech sphere, but they have a lot of potential. Mm. And so it's finding ways to seek out that potential and nurture it. Yeah, I think for me, Kubrick was an amazing opportunity because you didn't have to have a STEM background to apply. It wasn't a prerequisite. Yeah. Um, although many applicants do, you didn't need to. And I think the testing process, though it was rigorous, it was mainly looking for aptitude, which I think is really important, mm. your potential to be able to excel yeah. in the sphere. Agreed. And I think that there need to be more schemes like that out there, yeah. not only at university or postgraduate level, but in schools, maybe some sort of tutoring bursary where you can gain the skills needed to then enter yeah. the tech arena. Agreed, I couldn't agree more. And I think just having more more institutions that have that awareness of okay you know let, let's take remove this bias now let's understand that there's a whole chunk of people out here in the uk that could be amazing but haven't had the opportunities to be amazing up until now yeah. so having that awareness across different spaces i think is so important and like you touched upon kubrick is definitely um more aware of now um yeah, yeah i think just uh adding to that i i'll see for me very very much uh aligns to what Senna mentioned one is cultural cultural shift so from not from believing less that you have to study uh, law, uh, accountancy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. medicine, uh, or engineering to be successful yeah. as a black person. So there needs to be that cultural shift. Then secondly, I th think another big part, personally, which very, very much depends on the black people themselves, is mm. self-belief. Yeah. I feel like that's Agreed. one big part here. So you need to just get get out there, mm. believe you can actually achieve that, believe you can actually do that. When you're struggling, don't think you're struggling because you're black. That's mm. for me, that's one big part. Yeah, don't think you're deficient in any way. Just believe that everybody struggles and you struggling doesn't have anything to do with your race. And when the right opportunity presents itself, you will be there to take it. Mm. So for me, that's one big takeaway. If you say to me what I'll say to my son about him being black mm. and how that will impact on his career, I think self-belief, not believing that he must be a doctor. Then when it comes to the corporate uh, organization as well, I believe what corporations need to understand is believing in equity, believing that uh -huh. different people from different backgrounds, gender, sexual orientation, just believe that different people have different needs mm. and have different support. It works and It works on both ends, like you're saying, right? Yeah. It works. You as an individual need to kind of remove any kind of self-doubt because there's so much doubt already against you in the industry. Yeah. Remove that doubt from yourself. You can do it. And then again, you know, going on the other end of, of the spectrum, it's 
companies and institutions need to also appreciate having diverse data teams. And then when the two comes together, hopefully we can have some more black people in data. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think that I, I feel like that would be the ma- that yeah. would be the magic. Yeah. yeah. The magic is, is that the fa- is like the scale is just tilted against you to some extent. If yeah. you follow tilted against you, that makes it things even more. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah, I agree. And it definitely does help seeing people like yourself in leadership positions, Chris, as well. Um, for the next generation of black people in data. I think that's that was a really good conversation. Um, thank you both for joining me as well and happy Black History Month. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>